Welcome to Faith for the Rest of Us. I'm Brandon Robertson. This is a podcast where I cultivate conversations with some of the leading voices in spirituality, philosophy, and religion in order to help those who are deconstructing reconstruct a faith that works for them in the modern world. Today I'm chatting with one of my favorite musicians and a prolific TikToker, Ian McConnell. If you've seen Ian on TikTok or heard his music, you know he's known for his upbeat music that focuses on the existential questions of life. In this episode, we talk about being an artist in Gen Z and the big questions that Gen Z is asking and how finding joy in the midst of dread can be possible. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. I'm super excited to be chatting with Ian McConnell today, whose music I discovered probably uh, about six months ago and have just been uh, one. It was your album was one of the top on my uh, Apple Music of the Year uh, listens. So that was incredible to see. And yeah, you continue to pump out new music uh, that's dealing with the big questions of life. And so I'm super excited to chat with you. Thanks for being here. You bet. Thanks for having me. So One of the first questions I always ask uh, folks on the podcast is, um, what is the meaning of life from your perspective? Or if that's too big of a question, what makes uh, life meaningful? And before I let you answer, the reason I think this is so compelling uh, for you to answer is because one of your songs uh, begins with the lyric, uh, I'm pretty sure life doesn't have a meaning. And if there's a God, he probably doesn't look like me. Um, And for me, in the midst of COVID-19, if I, as my own faith and perspective has been shifting, like that lyric so summed up the philosophy that has emerged for me. And I know so many other people in the midst of this kind of chaotic era of human history. And so, mm-hmm. one, can you answer the question, what is the, the meaning of life from where you sit and how that lyric plays into it? And what started you writing this kind of uh, this kind of music? A lot there. Totally. Okay. The meaning of life, the way that I see it, the way that I see it, there is, it's not, it's not meaning, but there is purpose, you know, each, mm. each, each like life in the broad sense of like all living things, you know, the goal, you know, not really in the brain, but just the goal because of the way that things just happen to work is just to live long enough to procreate. And, you know, keep your species going. Hopefully your, you know, whatever genetic mutations are in your offspring, hopefully that makes them more advantageous to pass on the genes and keep going and keep going. Um, On an individual sense, you know, that that kind of sense of, you know, what gives life meaning. It's totally I think that's totally up in the air. I think the I think the 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 meaning of life as an individual is kind of a new concept maybe you know because it it for so long like the meaning of us just existing was like okay stay safe stay alive find food raise offspring that can then go do the same thing successfully or whatever and now we've kind of beaten the game because i can go to the grocery store and find food i have pretty much i'm i have shelter i am safe i can generally survive I have medicine. If I get a cut on my hand and it gets infected, I'm probably not going to die. So like we beat the game. So now the meaning is whatever you want to make it, which is both fun and scary. It's like going to a restaurant with too many options on the menu and you're like, okay, I can do anything. What, what, (laughs) what am I going to do? 
I would rather you give me three options. You can do one of these three things. And I'm like, thanks. I feel like I have choice and I feel like it's been chosen for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm seeing it these days. But, you know, that's changed in the last year. And what I thought last year changed from the year before. So I, I it's hard for me to predict what I'm going to see next year. Totally. Uh, yeah. So you have this paradigm and you've decided to express it pretty poignantly and, and pretty clearly and directly in so much of the music you've, mm-hmm. you've been writing. Like, what is what was that transformation like? Because uh, I read you started off in a country-esque vibe and now you're uh, the more, I would say, optimistic Bo Burnham of music. And uh, yeah, how what was that transformation like? It was fascinating. It was, oh, I... There was a realization of like, oh, so a lot of the things that I do, I do because they're comfortable and it feels like the easiest way out. Even like growing up in school and stuff like that, I was very, I'm not a perfectionist, but I'm very much like, okay, I'm going to do the absolute bare minimum to get an A because like the A is the best I can get. A plus doesn't do anything, doesn't affect the GPA. I'm aware of this. I'm like, okay, this is a game. All of this is a game. Hmm. I want to perform at the highest level of the game while putting in the minimum amount of effort in order to do that. Um, And uh, that's kind of what occurred with country music. I Nashville was the closest music town to me when I was in college uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. So I spent a summer here just like, oh, you know, this music town, I'll go and be with other musicians. I make music, but like, it's kind of like a all side project because I, I studied, I studied music. I studied cello in college and also math. And I just assumed I was going to do something mathy with my life. But then I really enjoyed writing music. And I was like, oh my gosh, like writing country music is kind of like doing a puzzle. I love puzzles. They're so fun. You know, you just like, you have a general thesis or a hook and then you just kind of craft a story around it or whatever. Yeah. And I still kind of write like that. Um, but eventually it kind of came to a point where I was like, okay, I don't think that I can rise any farther in this space. So what's the, what's the news? What's the other space? I had already been, um, it's like singing jokes and doing parody songs on TikTok and stuff like that, which was just like, oh, this is like a fun side project, but it's starting to like gain some steam. I'm getting, I'm getting followers, but those followers are not fans. They want to see me do that thing, but they don't want to hear my music because it's just different. You know, it's different sides. And I was like, perhaps I could combine these two things and make something interesting. And I like to think that I did. Yeah. Uh huh. Totally. You have been. And, um, and again, yeah, it's the, TikTok moment, even in my own sense of career, like mm-hmm. it's been so interesting to see how um, we can disseminate so much content and then really in real time allow people to tell us what is meaningful and what they want to see more of. And um, again, you're not just saying this, like you're really kind of cornering the market on like the way that you're producing not only music, but the videos that go along with it. And is that has that just been kind of experimental and you've just kind of stumbled on that or has that been something that you clearly honed in on and are choosing to do fully experimental yeah um now i feel like i have a sense of like okay i have a general sense of a form that i like expressing myself in so i'll probably continue with this form the way that i make the videos as kind of like you know it's it's not it's not a music video it's more like I'm just presenting this idea to you and I happen to be singing while doing yeah. so. Um, totally. Almost like it, it's it's vaguely like a musical kind of yeah. kind of vibe, you know? Totally. Um, I love and it. I, I did learn a lot. I've learned a lot from Bo Burnham. He's, he's yeah. very impressive in the way that he delivers his ideas and stuff like that. 
Um, but yeah. I also think that to your point, we have different outlooks on the way that things are. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised. So I'm I've been in in the world as a progressive Christian pastor. That's kind mm. of uh, what I was doing before the pandemic. And reading your bio, uh, you talk about being once staunchly within a Christian worldview, and then yes. something happened. Now you're not. Um, Mm-hmm. That is a journey that so many folks are going through um, on TikTok. That's kind of, I've discovered thousands of people that are like talking about and wrestling with what mm-hmm. is life post-Christianity. Um, can you sure. talk a bit about your journey from religion and Christian faith to where you're at today? Absolutely. I grew up Presbyterian um, and I was very active in youth group. I was singing in the choir. I was in you know the handbell choir. I'm actually super good at handbells. Um, <laughs> which is a very niche. There's not a big secular handbell market, you know, what a bummer. I'm trying to find, Bring you know, back. let's play the handbell version of Ariana Grande. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, I went to church through, through college and was in Bible study and stuff like that. And then I, as I kind of ventured out into the, the adult world, it wasn't so much like It's interesting. It's interesting. It's mostly, I loved the community and I loved the, the outlook of being a Christian, but I could not, I I started not being able to reconcile the details, like, like the reasonings for why we live like this. You know, I like living like this. This is a great way to live, Yeah. but I struggle with you know to the point of of that my song important like i i i the book do you know the book sapiens by yuval yeah noah harari kind of reading that and thinking about like okay how recently you know humans have been self-aware and you know and of course you know perhaps we will find evidence that shows that oh we've been incorrect um, but the the evidence that I at least have consumed um, makes me has made me kind of be like, OK, this is such a recent phenomenon that humans are like this. We were not always around. There was all of this other time. I have no idea if there is God or there is not God, but that like he doesn't look like me sense of like. It, it very much feels human yeah. to ascribe human characteristics to something that we don't understand. And we could have very easily come out as not valuing, you know, love or kindness or whatever. These, these things that we have, our brains have evolved to understand that we survive better when we love each other and we are kind to each other and we support the other people in our group. It could have been different, you know? And so it's mostly all the stuff that led to, and this is why we live as Christians, you know? Yeah. Again, I like, I like living as a Christian. I often wish I could put that cat a little bit back into the bag. Yeah. Cause I felt, I felt more grounded and I felt like I had more, um, peace. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think one of the there was a moment I was looking on one of your TikTok videos uh, for that song, um, and 
the comments underneath, I was so surprised at how many people were not just saying this is good music, uh, but really that this was that this resonates like this is where I'm at in the world. And you're bringing together of potentially a philosophy that could seem devoid of a ton of hope, right? Uh, from an evolutionary worldview, it's like, okay, this big concept of meaning and purpose that mm-hmm. religion presupposes, a lot of people struggle when that goes away and that cat mm-hmm. is out of the bag. And yet you're bringing it together in a musical form that is inspiring, that is uplifting. Um, how do you how do you arrive uh, both musically and personally at a sense of hope and uh, desire to keep doing and creating and making beauty in the world um, from a perspective uh, that Mm -hmm. is kind of post-Christian that doesn't have this grand hope of a creator or of a heaven or any of that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. It is an ongoing battle, you know, because there are definitely times, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of, a lot of comments. I've had to, you know, the the back half of the year, I've mostly stopped reading comments just because I became overwhelmed for a while. Um, But, you know, okay, this, this worldview is damaging. This worldview is dangerous and stuff like that. And the truth is I I agree. I agree. It can be, you know, be like, okay, nothing, you know, if, if we are just a piece of this very long line, this very long story, then, then what it doesn't, it, it does, it does matter what you do because it affects the things around you and it will affect the course of all things. Every little thing, you know, there's, you know, the universe and the way that it is, is just, did this happen or did this not happen? So many times that we could not possibly count, you know, that's the way that this is. And it could have turned out different if one yes turned into a no or a no turned into a yes. But the way that I see it, this is such a fascinating point of the timeline as we understand it of like when I was born, it was not the case. I was born in 1995. It was not the case that if you didn't know something, you could find it out in 20 seconds. And now if I don't know something and somebody else has ever figured it out, I can know it in 20 seconds, you know, or at least understand a a perspective or hear an opinion or something like that. And it's just fascinating to see the way that things play out. And like, it's to me, I, I'm just a lover of, of learning things and understanding other perspectives and hearing new things that I didn't understand before. And like, you know, we talk about TikTok. TikTok is only three, four years old. Yeah. Like, and it, it, it took over the music industry for some time. It, it still, you know, is, how a lot of people find new music is how a lot of people find new ideas is how people find out how to use their cutting board correctly or whatever it is. And you're just like, I, it is remarkable at no point. Have you been able to see how anybody else in the world lives? And now you can do that. You can see how, you know, in terms of culture, you know, thousands of years of culture in India have led this particular group of people to generally behave in this way. And, you know, we in America in 1920 would have been like, oh, all those backwards people in places that aren't here. And you're like, no, this is totally logical. Why other people act in this way? And that is, is just so cool. It's so cool. And the fact that you can do anything, you just have to, you know, be aware that there are consequences to whatever it is that you do. Totally. 
Totally. It is uh-huh. remarkable to see how fast human evolution seems to be speeding up in this moment and the uh-huh. opportunities that are here for us. Yeah. Um, I think one of the other things that you've talked about in a few different songs. Um, mm. So you're post religion. We're in this world uh, kind of taking on an evolutionary worldview and perspective. Mm-hmm. And yet um, you bring up some things like um, meditation, other kind of ritual behaviors that might help ground somebody. Mm. Um, do you have rituals in your life that you try to enact to give you a sense of grounding and meaning and purposefulness uh, throughout your days? To some extent, I do. I have recognized recently that the lack of ritual is part of the part of the feeling of floating, of not being grounded. But there are certain things like meditation, which you know I I, I don't do as often as I as I have and. I started recently getting back into it, but it's just not a habit yet. Exercise. I exercise every day. That's a big thing. I do the crossword, the New York Times crossword every day. That's like a ritual in itself of just like, okay, I have done this puzzle. I have like turned my brain on for the day or something like that. But in general, ritual is, is something that I took for granted, Yeah, you know, and it was built in and now it's not. And now you kind of have to find a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that is, yeah, that's one of the big questions that I'm trying to wrestle with uh, as Mm. a faith leader person is like, for those of us who are not uh, buying into traditional religion in the way we used to, are there Mm. ways to reclaim stories and rituals? Um, And it's hard because we also, I mean, we live in a hyper individualistic era due to things like social media and TikTok, I think has inflamed that in in a sense. And I think it's good. But um, I think part of what was beautiful about ritual was that it was collective. It was bringing us all together uh, or community together around a common story and theme and practice. Um, And I just don't know how we how we get there again without reverting to some sort of quasi religious system. But we're going to keep trying. So (laughs) it's fascinating. I have thought about that in terms of football fans recently, you know, of like because if you if I go anywhere and i run into somebody who's a fan of the washington nationals i'm like oh man we like have this same story like that we think like the washington nationals are the best even when they're not you know and stuff like that and i have i have some friends who are like really devout every sunday will watch every football game or whatever and they'll do it with other people who are cheering for the same team and some people who are cheering for different teams and stuff like that and I, I personally like football. I'm not obsessed with football, but I see that. And I'm like, this is the most adorable human experience. You know, we've just like decided that this totally contrived thing has deep meaning. And that's so cool. Yeah. And we've been doing that as long as religion's been around this kind of organized sports thing. Uh, Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. very interesting. So what in this moment, as you're standing on the precipice of a new year, um, mm. what's giving you hope? What's keeping you going when a lot of things in our society seem to be on fire and maybe the evolutionary trajectory doesn't look that great for humanity right now? Maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't, hmm. What is giving me hope? I have learned and and this is this is one step in a long process but i have learned over the past year and a half to really enjoy myself and enjoy now and like right now i am content there is nothing that 
I want for. I know that when I would like to talk to somebody, I have people that would like to talk and hang out and play darts or Mario Kart or whatever that we're doing or play Settlers of Catan. That's a big one. Um, and I don't know what happens next, you know, because in the worldview and also like the sense of, I was just chatting with a friend this morning of like, you know, I, I put out a project this year. This was the first project that I put out and it went really well. And also I serialized this first project by calling it season one. And so now I'm like, okay, now I pretty much have to follow it up with the season two. And this is a, both a great thing and a confusing thing because I've never written for a project before. Also trying to follow something up. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, I don't know. It's the whole thing is just such an adventure. I, I think probably that's what's giving me hope that like, you know what? I'm 27 up to this point, I figured it out. Yeah. And probably unless something, you know, really changes, I'll figure it out again or I won't. Totally. Those are the options. Yeah, no, it's the it's the possibility, the invitation to keep keep figuring out, keep moving forward. I think that's mm -hmm. precisely it. Yeah. And kind of to land the plane on that though, mm. two things. One, you seem to put out content in a ridiculous uh, um, quantity. Like I feel like every other time I turn around, there's a new video, there's a new song, there's a new project. Um, one, how in the world are you doing that? And two, what is next? What what does season two look like if, the, if that's the next mm -hmm. project or where, where are you looking? How do I do that? Well, it's so fascinating. I, you know, one of the things that stuck with me is that good old Protestant work ethic. Yeah. That, you know, just like, okay, if you're not doing, if you're not producing, then like you're wasting your time. Um, and that's something that I've, I've been kind of pushing back on this year of like it, the, the word productive mm. doesn't have to always mean output right now, because it can be like, I find like some of the best ideas that I have actually almost all the time are when I'm going hiking, you know, I'll go hiking by myself for like an hour and a half. And by the end of it, have like a full song or a full idea or like a stand up bit or whatever it is. Um, and I'm just like, or, or I just understand something differently. You know, I'm like, okay, I've come to realize that this particular relationship is damaging to me mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, yeah. So that, that has been interesting in terms of how much I, I put out, it's that kind of, <laughs> what I was talking earlier about, like, do I want to put in the minimum amount of effort to get the maximum amount of, of, yeah. of gain or whatever? Like, you know, I learned with season one, you know, if you make a full video and it looks really good, you can just chop it up however you need to chop it up. And yeah. so I probably posted pieces of my video for adult 25 times. And it looks like every time it's new, but it's not, it's the same yeah. video. Totally. But it reaches different people. And that's the, that's what's nice about the internet. Um, yeah. But really it just comes down to like, okay, what is interesting now? What's interesting now is making these like hybrid cover songs. And I'm like, this is super fun. And I'm going to like learn production through this and I'm going to put it out. And regardless of the performance, it's really hard to separate performance from whether or not I enjoyed it, yeah. but it's important also. Um, yeah. It's the beauty yeah. of this moment that you can have a thought or an idea and produce something quickly and get it out into the world and get it immediate is. feedback. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, you know, I do everything in house. Like I produce here, I write here, you know, any, if I need something out by the end of the week, I can do it. It, you know, so cool. 
whatever. Yeah. It might not be super deep, but sometimes it might be. Yeah. In terms of what's next, I just want to keep a journal all the time. And I keep realizing things about, you know, just things I've I've learned over long spans of time, things I've learned from specific relationships, things I've learned from relationships to myself or a movie that I saw or a book that I read or whatever. I just want to keep talking about it. I, I really, I've been become kind of obsessed recently with this idea of being a, like a character in a book. And like, I just, I just read this book, The Silent Patient. Have you, do you know this book? No, I don't. Um, it was a fascinating book. And the whole time I hated this main character. I was like, this main character is shady. It's all very, hmm, I don't know about this, but I loved the book, mm. you know? And this idea of like, okay, I don't have to paint myself in the best light all the time. Like the reason that, you know, I'm, I don't love this main character, but I do feel seen by this character is because they're not embodying all the best parts of everything. It's just like, I just am this way, you know, yeah. this is just how I see things and whatever. And part of that, I think is a response to trying to separate myself so that I don't rely on the validation of strangers because totally. that's really hard to not do that, you know, cause it, it feels like love and you're like, I'm getting love. I'm going to lean into it. I'm getting love. I'm going to lean into it. And then like you get a few people be like, this is bad. You're dumb, blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. just like, it's, it's so small. And it's as a percentage, it's, it's not, it's not much, but those are the things that stick through and you're like, I am dumb. Oh no. <laughs> totally. Totally. So, I love that's, it. that's what's next. Awesome. So season two is going to be out by the end of the week. That's what I'm hearing. By the end of the week. Exactly. It's Friday. So yeah, give me three hours. Yes. Amazing. Seriously, as a fan, as somebody who's been really inspired by the work that you're doing, thanks for thinking deeply and producing really thought provoking and beautiful content out there. And uh, for all those who are listening, I hope you'll go check out Ian McConnell's incredible work. Season one, again, was one of my top albums of the year. Uh, So much to listen to and process and also just kind of dance along with. So thanks, Ian. Thank you, Brandon. This was so fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Faith for the Rest of Us. If you enjoyed today's conversation, would you do me a favor and head over to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a rating. And if you really enjoyed this content, would you head over to patreon.com slash Brandon Robertson and become a patron today. For as little as $5 a month, you can gain access to behind-the-scenes content from this podcast and from my work all across the internet. Thanks so much in advance for your support of this show, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Faith for the Rest of Us.